Jesus, we just come to you right now, God. And your redemption is such an amazing thing. God, I pray that every person here would just grab a hold of what that really means. What it really means. And that they wouldn't just grab a hold of it, but they would live it. That they would live it out day by day by day, moment by moment, choice by choice. Because when you really grab a hold of what you've done for us, we are so powerful that the world just better watch out. Amen. So Lord Jesus, I just ask you to take these words, your words, God, and plant them into the hearts of these ladies, God, as they go back down to their daily lives, to the dirty dishes in the sink, to all the laundry that we've been talking about all week, and their daily lifestyle, because it makes all the difference in the world. So, back to redemption. I want to recap redemption. You've heard about what it means all week. It means you're re weekend. You're registered, you're rescued, you're liberated, you're set free. Amen. You're set free. You know these things that you put up here? And I have to tell you guys, I came over and I read these and I wept. I wept. I wept when I came in the room because earlier, not today, but yesterday, because there's such heaviness. There's such heaviness. But you know what? God is not heavy. He's not heavy. His burden is light. His mantle is easy. He says that. His yoke is easy. So these things that we place upon ourselves, they're not from God. That's right. They are not from God. Amen. Um, he, you know, restored us by payment of a price. I just want you to stop whatever you're thinking for just a second. And I want you just to think about what that means for you personally. Yeah. You know, I get overwhelmed by it. You know, the, the redemption, what he's done for me is like just, it's crazy. It's like crazy things, man. I mean, I, I, many use the same thing God gave me. He said, it's like a big whiteboard. Some of you guys are teachers in here, right? Yeah. You know, they have those fancy things they can write on your computer and it shows up on the white, on the board. But this is before, like chalk. Remember chalk? <laughs> Remember <it's> chalk. <laughs> um, you know, it's all written down, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I really don't want you guys, I don't want to have a blackboard back up here for you to read while I'm talking to you about all my sins. No, thank you. No, thank you. But you know what he did? He took a big, huge room eraser and he erased them all. Yeah. Right? They're erased. They're erased. And even this year, I was studying um, to be a credential minister and I was reading about redemption. And I, every time I read about it, I just I broke down. I broke down because it's like, you know what it said? It says, it says if I never sinned. It says, if I never sinned. It says, if you never sinned. When you accept him and you grab his redemption and you ask him for forgiveness, it's over, ladies. It's over. Do you get that? Yes. Do you really get that? Because I'm going to really challenge you to walk in it. You know, when I was preparing for this, God told me, you have to challenge them. You have to call them out. I'm like, oh, can I just love up on them? <laughs> can I just tell them how great they are and how much I love them and I care about them? I'm going to do that too, and because I want you to know how much God loves you first, but I'm going to call you out. Amen. Because it's time, ladies. Amen. It's time. Um, 
So I want to tell you about a vision that I had some time ago. Um, you know, it was, it was me on one side and God on the other side of this huge chasm, big hole. You know how that is, God? When we're, you know, people, when we sin, you know how we're separated from God from our sin? And, um, you know, we need that redemption bridge, right? Jesus built the bridge. Well, for me, it was like, oh, I'll build the bridge. But I'm going to go, and I'm going to uh, do something good. Okay? I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to sing in the choir. I'm going to teach Sunday school. I'm going to be a minister. You know, I'm going to minister to people. I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to put on that face. And everybody's going to think Jesus is great because I'm smiling. Right? Right. Right. And so I'm trying to build the bridge. Does that work? No. Well, I was caught up in that for years, ladies. For years, I was caught up in legalism. And what legalism is, basically, is I was building the bridge. I was trying to build the bridge with my good works. And every time, because it never happened, you know, it would be like I try and try and try. I'd be so good. Oh, I'm so good. I'm doing so good. And then it was like, I give up. This isn't working. I quit. You ever been there? Yeah. You know, I never felt like just quitting because it was such a struggle. I mean, is that how it's supposed to be? What happened to, like, the joy? It's like, I, I used to laugh when people said there's joy. I'm like, really? <laughs> not, not the way I see it because I was miserable. Right. When it was really dark and it was just me, I was pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. Of course, I got up the next morning, put on my smile, did my hair, went to church, ministered to everybody. Everything's great. God's good. And I believed it for you. I said, yeah, you know, God's good for you. He's, he's great. He does everything for you. He's awesome. You know? So I had to, in this, in this vision, it was really, it was a vision that God gave me. It was an amazing vision, actually. Guess what? Guess who built the bridge? Jesus is that bridge of grace that he built over to me. And I had to embrace that grace. And ladies, you have to embrace the grace. Embrace the grace, everyone. I just realized that. <laughs> You have to embrace the grace. Every day I have to embrace grace, right? right. I mean, don't we have grace like with our friends? Yeah. Or we should at least. Or our kids especially, right? Don't you have grace with them? I mean, you know, they can do something really stupid and you're like, really? And then it's like, it's okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. You give them grace. And when you learn how to do that, embrace his grace, you, you have such power. Do you see the power that that gives you to embrace the grace? All right, so we're going to look at Romans 8, 1 through 4. Uh, is this like a theme? Two? Okay, Michelle quoted this verse, Lynn quoted this verse, so I'm going to quote it again, but I'm going to tell you all about, about therefore there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to know when the Bible says therefore, you need to figure out what it said before, right? So Paul is talking in the chapter before about the huge struggle against the flesh. You know, the spirit versus the flesh. He's talking about that. But what is he saying? He says, well, yeah, we have this huge struggle, but there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So he says that, that, I have to go to the last one. Because in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Do you think that I was like totally caught up in sin and death by, by trying to do it myself? Completely. That was not freedom at all. It was, 
not freedom, it was chains. They were chains, they were heavy chains. And that ball I was dragging around was pretty much impossible. I just get so exhausted, I just lay down and say, okay, I'm done. Right? So, um, then it says that for what the law was powerless to do, it's totally powerless. I had no power. The law doing what was right, doing everything right, exactly right, like I was supposed to do it, when I was supposed to do it, and how I was supposed to do it, had no power. You know, that was weakened because I was, I was, sin, I was sinful. God did not, did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. There we go. There's that redemption message again, right? He was the offering, what Marlon talked about a Friday night. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. You still have to pay for the law, right? I mean, there wasn't, God is holy. God is holy. He's just. It has to be paid for. But guess, guess how it was paid? Not by me. Not by me doing what was right. No. So now we don't live according to the sinful nature, nature, but according to the spirit. So in my vision, now the bridge is built, right? So it's like, okay, just walk across it. Well, not exactly. Okay. I embraced his grace, which took me a long time, let me tell you. You know, finally what I had to do, I have to tell you, I had to just read the verse. And you know what it said? It says that if you don't believe and have faith that you are a Christian, then you're not going to be one. You have to have faith. You have to believe that it's for you. And like I said, guys, I went years. Yes, it's for you, Jamie. Yes, it's for you, Joni. I know God loves you. I know his grace is for you. It's sufficient. It'll do everything. But for me, mm-mm. I know me. No way. So I had to just claim the verse. So ladies, you have to do that sometimes. You just have to get in the Word and you have to claim the verse. You have to say, look, it says right here, it's for me. And so shut up, Satan. Shut up me and just believe what God says. Amen. Amen. So in my vision, here's the bridge now. Got the bridge. Got Jesus over there. And then this big, heavy, smog, dark cloud was between us. I couldn't see him very well. I couldn't see him at all, actually, for a while. <laughs> now, okay, so I grew up in Amarillo, Texas, which is plains, and there's lots of wind, so it blows. There's no smog, okay? No smog. <laughs> or fog, for that matter, because it's like really dry. But I, I went to graduate school in Denver, and one day, I came out of school with my friend that I was going to graduate school with, and there was like this I was like, what is that? Because it was like this orange stuff, and literally you could see particles in the air. I was like, what is that? She goes, do you know what that is? And I'm like, no. She goes, that's small. I'm like, oh. I like wanted to hold my breath until I got back and stay inside. So, you know, it's like really dense fog. It wasn't really that gross orange thing, but it was really dense fog. And um, it was including my... You know, I couldn't see Jesus. I couldn't see him. And the message, it says, and I love this, because you know, God told me to talk about Romans 8, not the, exactly the, the great part at the end, but <laughs> Romans 8. And so then when I read in the message, I was like, oh my gosh. It says, with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Right? It's resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. Amen. Right? A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air. 
freeing you from the faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Amen. You know, Jesus had to clear the fog, right? Right. The message goes on to say, God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. God didn't mess around. Wow. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. Do you ever feel remote and unimportant? Wow, I have. But in his son, Jesus personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity. Boy, we are a mess, aren't we? Sometimes I'm like, Lord, please, just come. In order to set it right once and for all. Set it right once and for all. There we go again. It's not me. Not what I do. The law code, weakened as it always was, by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid. Wow. Wow. Can't really put a band-aid on a bleeding aorta, can you? And And... Of sin and a deep healing of it instead of a deep healing of it. And now, what the law code asked for, we couldn't deliver. But that's accomplished as we, instead of rebuilding our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Amen. Right? So finally, you know, I could see Jesus. I could see Him. And I was like, oh, right, there He is. But still, did I feel like, oh, I can go to him? No, because guess what? Have you ever seen those big white robes, those big, you know, they have like big old sleeves like this, and they have a belt around them, and they drag to the ground? Some people sort of envision angels in them. Don't ask them why. I don't really what angel looks like. I mean, they don't wear robes. <laughs> you know, those big, heavy robes. So I had this big, heavy, what was supposed to be white robe on, but it was completely filthy and it was so heavy it was so heavy I couldn't even move it was so heavy and it was just filthy you know and guess what that was it was my own righteousness mm. you know in Isaiah 64 6 it says our righteousness is as filthy rags yeah I was wearing filthy rags um, you know I was trying to get to Jesus but I couldn't because I was carrying all this with me. This heavy, heavy rope. Um, you know, so, and on top of that, as I was trying to walk, literally, the devil was grabbing my rope. I'm not kidding. He was dragging me. He was like saying, no, 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 no. And he was holding on to me. No, 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 no. Don't go. You know what I had to do? I had to, like, strip. I had to throw the rope down. And ladies, I had to run butt naked. Cross the bridge into the open arms of Jesus. Amen. To the open arms of Jesus. And let me tell you what, he didn't say, ooh, you're kind of fat. <laughs> uh, you're really ugly. Ooh, look at that cellulite. Ooh, ooh, I don't want to touch you. <laughs> he didn't say that, guys. You know what he did? He had opened his arms wide and took me in his arms and he put the new robe on me that was white as snow. I mean, he was still on the other side of the bridge. You know, he didn't walk across the bridge. He made the bridge. He got rid of the fog, right? He did all of that, but guess who had to take the steps? Me. It was a free gift. His arms were wide open. I just had to get there. And it's not anything I did, because that's what I had to get rid of. 
right? I had to get rid of all that. It's so nasty, too. I had to get rid of all this stuff. Right? It's really nasty. But I didn't have to do anything to get rid of it. I just had to give it up. Amen. I just had to drop it. Amen. Right? I just had to drop it. It wasn't another duty. It wasn't another work that I did. I just had to drop it. You have to embrace his love for us. You know, have you ever felt that God forgot you? Has something ever happened in your life and you're like, really, God? Really, God? Um, wow, I guess I have to share this. <laughs> I love God. He's <It's> awesome. <laughs> Amen. I have to son. He's 21 years old. I always decided that there's not a God. And you know, uh, his whole life, we brought him up in the church, we did what we could. And you know, I can look back and I can say, wow, you know, I should have done this, and I should have done this, and why didn't his dad do this, and why didn't he do this? But you know what I had to do? Look at this verse, guys. It says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I can engrave you on the palm of my hands, and your walls are ever before me. Oh, it's Isaiah. It's just looking. Isaiah 48, 15, and 16. It's Isaiah 8. You know what, God? I had to come just back around because I'm like, my God, you know, why? He, he actually had, I led him to Christ. I prayed the prayer with him. And I know that he said it. And then he told me later that I went back to my room and I asked God to show me something and he didn't. So I'm like, why not, God? You could do anything. You could, like, bring the angel down and show him. Why couldn't you? You know, why? And then I just had to say, you know what, God? You are sovereign. You are sovereign. And you don't forget my son. And you don't forget me. Amen. And you know what I'm asking? And I'm going to continue to ask it. And I'm not going to stop asking it. And I'm going to keep pounding at the door. Because I'm going to be like that woman with the judge who kept in the middle of the night saying, you know what? Give me some money, some bread, or whatever she was saying. I need this. Can you give it to me? And he got so sick of hearing her. He said, okay, 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 I'll give it to you. <laughs> not that that's how God feels, but... <laughs> I mean, that is the, you know, we just have to keep asking. We have to keep asking for what we want. And God hasn't forgotten me. He hasn't forgotten my son. And he hasn't forgotten you. And he hasn't forgotten what you've gone through. And he hasn't forgotten what you're asking for either. That's right. Amen. He can't forget you. He made you. Amen. Your name is engraved on his you know, even though he knows you, your name is engraved on his hand, and he put it there, and he knows what you look like. He knows what you can be. You ever look at your small, if you have kids, you look at your small kid, and then you can be anything you want to be. You tell him that. It's not exactly true, but <laughs> we say, you can be anything that you want to be. You just have to, you know, go for it. Well, you know what? And I can see my son and what he can become, and it's amazing. And I can see that in some of you, too. God gives me that. He gives me. It's amazing. I want to tell you how great it is to look at some of you, and I can see what you can become when you turn yourself over to God. And I just want to, like, jump up and down and scream, what are you doing? I want to jump up and down with joy. And then I want to go, what the heck are you doing? Come on. Come on. He's gone. 
Um, so then the question again is what is our response, right? What is our response to this amazing grace, to this, you know, lavishing of love that he's given us, right? So what's our part? Here we go, ladies. Romans 8, 5 through 8. Okay, so those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. The message says part of that verse by obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Mm. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Wow. Ouch. Right? You know, ladies, it starts in our minds. We talk about that all weekend, right? Where's all begin? You know? Okay, I'm out of town. My husband he never calls me, he never texts me, you know, he doesn't even. So I start thinking, oh, he doesn't miss me. Oh, you know what? He doesn't care about me. You know what? He would rather be alone. You know what? He wish he never married me. <laughs> you know what? Or, or, some, or for some people, it's like, what is he doing? Mm. Well, who is he with? Yeah. Right? Who is he with? Is he out with another woman? You know, I'm going to stomp right home and file the horse papers. You know, your mind can spin out. Your mind can spin out. You know, it might be something as simple as, why did that person look at me that way? Yeah. You know, what are they thinking? Oh, they, they, they don't like me. Right? They don't like me. You know, I'm worthless. Nobody loves me. You know, I'm not worth liking anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right? Or, for me, look how talented that person is. Wow. Look how God uses them. He could never use me like that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I mean, seriously? What do I have to offer? I'm useless. I want to tell you guys something. And hopefully everybody's okay with that. I want to tell you that you know those tapes that Veronica was saying the other day? Those, those lines that she gave about the tapes? Do you know where those came from? Women leaders. Yes. That's who they came from. Amen. Every one of them. They came from us. So if you think, oh, you know, we got it all under control, we know what we're doing. <laughs> we only know what big God we need. That's what we know. Amen. Hallelujah. And we still fight those tapes. Yes. I still fight them. I still fight that horrible perfectionism. That's what I put up there. I'm like, you know, I'm still just really not good enough. I just don't do enough. I, don't, I didn't, I wasn't on my face seven hours a day praying. Or, you know, I didn't read the entire Bible last week. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's not really like that. <laughs> you got, you got, you got my prayer, right? Come on, it's, it's ridiculous, really, isn't it? It's ridiculous, right? Okay, come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Okay. So, um, the message says, you know, I want to tell you guys, that's really, we need to capture those thoughts. I, you know, I tell, what I tell people is, when you start having those thoughts, take a machete out in your mind and just cut them off. Just cut them off. 
And then what do you do? You replace them with what's right. And you have to do that by getting into the Word of God. Because the Word of God, again, I've already said this, tells you what the truth is. You believe the Word of God, I'll be right. You believe it's the truth. Well, then you get into the truth. That's what you've got to do. One thing you can do, too, I mean, we need to start thinking about what pleases God. Here we go. Anyone, anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. You know, when I'm trying to do what I do, for me, I'm completely absorbed in me. It has nothing to do with God. I end up thinking more about me than God. You know, how are you looking at me? What do you think? Are you, you know, blah, blah, blah. That person ignores who God is and what he's doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. Uh, we need to think about what pleases God. You know, I keep thinking about me, and you know, do I look okay? Am I talking okay? Did I say the right thing? Did we do this? Oh, who's that talking about? It's talking about me, 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 me. You know, God says, think about what pleases Him. Yeah. And one way to do that, ladies, is to put on the helmet of salvation. Uh, the, you know, maybe you've heard about it, you know, the, the armor of God. But the helmet of salvation, you know, I like the helmet of salvation because let's think about what does a helmet do? It protects your head. Okay, well, in this case, let's protect our mind. And let's protect our mind with our salvation. Amen. Right? We're saved. That's right. We're called out. Our name's written on God's hand. So let's protect our mind and let's think about what God wants us to do instead of what, you know, everybody else thinks about. Well, we're, we're afraid because I can't do that, God. Well, who are you talking to? <laughs> who are you talking to? Right? Who are you talking to? If I keep thinking about me, I get lost in me, and that's a complete dividend. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. You know, it's really impossible to please the Holy Spirit and to please your whole self, flesh self. Yeah. You know, let me tell you for me sometimes, when talk about that is busyness. You know, I go from one thing to the next to the next. I have a full-time job. I have a full-time ministry. I have a husband. He's not too high maintenance, thank God. <laughs> I have two sons who are adults, but they live in my house, and I know my time is very, very short to feed into their lives. And I'm very cognizant of that, so I try to spend time with them any time I can. I have, I'm going to school. You know, on top of all that, geez, I really need to sleep. I'm not one of those people that can sleep four hours and be happy and nice to you. <laughs> or even worse, my family. You know how that goes, right? Right. So, you know what happens to me? I like, it's kind of like, have you ever, like, if you work, you know, like on Monday, you go in and they say, how was your weekend? And you're like, what happened to the weekend? You know? What happened? Uh, you know, I'm in accountability every Monday. And I have to tell you, sometimes I go to accountability Monday. How was your week? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what happened this week? <laughs> it's like I went from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. I did not stop. We're busy, right, ladies? We're busy. Yeah. We're busy. Whether you have kids or don't, you're busy. You are busy. You know, I had to stop. I had to stop and soak. Mm. That's right. We got to stop and soak. In God. You know, am I thinking about me? Because let me tell you, when I'm running around with my head cut off and I think I'm thinking about everybody else, really it's all about me, right? We need to think about God and what pleases Him. We need to embrace thoughts that are pleasing to God. 
Now, we also have to be mindful of what we do. So let's look at Romans 8, 12 through 13. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. It's not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the flesh, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Amen. Okay, guys, guess what? We have to put to death, to death, the deeds of the sinful nature. To death. Dying sometimes is very painful. It's very, very painful. Guess what, guys? There's a battle of epic proportions going on. It's not a flesh and blood, really. We're talking about the flesh, but it's principalities and spirits. And you know what? Sin is always trying to gain control over you. Always. 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 You know, and it's hard. You know, for me, myself, I'm like, God, could I just be normal? Could I just go to work, come home, make dinner, watch TV, go to bed, get up, do the same thing. On the weekend, go somewhere else besides church. <laughs> like, you know, vacation somewhere, go out to, you know, the lake. Not think about you at the lake, because the lake's beautiful and you can think about God there, but, you know, I mean, let me not have to be, like, ministering, you know, let me just, like, do nothing. Guess what, guys? You're here, you're not normal. <laughs> now, I know that because I'm looking at your faces, but I just want you to know that, too. You're not normal. <laughs> you are called out. You are called out. You are called out. Um, so, you know, we need to put to death the deeds of the sinful nature. How do we do that? Marlon talked about it. We make choices. What does it look like for you? I'm trying to talk about practical things. What does that look like for you? You know what? What you feed is what's going to grow. What I mean by that, if you feed your sinful nature, if you do the things that aren't pleasing to God, then that's what's going to be more prevalent. If you feed what's pleasing to God, then that will be more prevalent. We need to put our time, our energy, and our passion, our passion into the things of God. Right? We need to be passionate about that. So what's that look like for me? Well, you know, again, I have to choose to respond in love when my son says some of the things he says. You know, I have to choose to respond in love. When he's talking about, you know, I can't believe in anything that does I can't see. I love my other son because he goes, wow, I guess that, you know, there's no, you don't feel the wind. Uh, <laughs> he's like just straight to the point you know, <laughs> uh, you know so anyway um, but I have to choose that when someone says something that might be hurtful I have to just choose not to respond back right yeah. I just have to like hey God well you heard that uh, how about gossip yeah you know yeah right. or buy into the lies that the enemies told you not that either. Not that. We have to choose to put to death the deeds. That put them to death. So how do we do that? Because that's hard. So verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Okay, and some people are like, what the heck does that mean? You know, how do I do that? 
How do I be led by the Spirit of God? Well, listen to him. You're like, uh, how do I know it's him? Uh, well, part of what you can do is you can uh, get around people who are also Christians. You know, in the program I'm in, it says, you know, you got to find new play places, new play things, and new play people, right? Because you can't keep doing the same things that you do over and over again sometimes. You know, you can't watch the stuff that maybe you watch. You can't read the... Oh, okay. I'm fall down if I do that again. <laughs> a magazine, you know, that says, you know, it has the guy with a... Well, it's actually... But anyway. <laughs> I'm not attracted to the Fabio type. <laughs> but guess what you have to do, guys? You have to obey. 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 Right. You know, if you don't obey, I would suggest to you, because believe me, I've done this before, before, is try to ignore it. If you don't step out and do what he says right when he says it, that voice is going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. I remember a time. And God is patient with us. There's no doubt about it. You know, God is patient with us. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And, and people go, God's a gentleman. And I'm like, really? He hits me over the head. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to be a gentleman and I wasn't listening. And so now he has to, like, clobber me because that's how it is sometimes. You know? I remember a time when there was a, a time in my life that I really, really needed to forgive my husband. But you know what? I really didn't want to. No, thank you. I'm going to wear this like a mantle around me because I deserve to feel this way. Right? I deserve it. So what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. I went to Bible study. I was going to the right place, right? I went to Bible study, and guess what the subject was? Forgiveness. <laughs> I went to church on Sunday, and guess what Pastor Gary spoke about? Forgiveness. Right. I opened my Bible, like randomly, because I was hoping. And, you know, I opened my Bible on the, the verse that Michelle was talking about that says, you know, if we don't forgive others, God doesn't forgive us. It was like, whoa. I knew that verse. But, you know, sometimes you kind of like to ignore those verses, don't you? Oh, my God, I'll get to that one later. <laughs> Can we just talk about how much you love them? <laughs> right. So I decided I had to come to the point where, guess what? It's not worth it. It's separating me from God. It was affecting everything I did. And it's like, is it really worth it? That's what he asked me. Is it really worth it? Is it worth to separate you from me? Is it worth it to be like this? And I'm like, no, it's not. So I listened, finally. I obeyed. I went. I made amends. And I have to tell you guys, today we have a better relationship than we've ever had in our whole life. That is a life. 27 years is all life, isn't it? God, four months. Okay. So you have to be led by the Spirit. And again, if you don't really know what it means to be led by the Spirit, or you're like, I don't know what that means, then grab somebody that you think might know that, right? Get somebody together with you. Because, first of all, it's never the Spirit of God if it goes against something in the Bible. You know, seriously, I've had people say, well, you know what? God told me that I need to go have an affair. <laughs> really? Yeah, I need to be happy. So I need to leave my husband and I need to go have an affair. I'm like, really? You know, it's like, where does the word of God say that? 
Put your glasses on. Let's read the word. And that's the best thing to do with people, guys. When they come to you with a son's problem or question, pull out your Bible, for goodness sakes. Pull out your Bible. Look at the word of God. What does it say? Because guess what? That person's going to find it hard-pressed to argue against God. They may try. Believe me, I have. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right? Uh, in the past, I felt the nudging. Have you had those nudgings? Yeah, I might ignore them. But God will not to. God will not to. Go to wise. Seek wise counsel. The other thing, guys, is that if you want to really be led by the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit within you, I think you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit, uh, today we'd love to pray for you to do that. Okay, if you don't even know what that means, come on down, we'll tell you all about it. Okay? The next thing is that we need to act like we are adopted. <laughs> right. We are no longer slaves. Uh, verse 15 of Romans 8 says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to daughtership. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. So I wanted to know what does Abba really mean? Because you know you read these book words in the Bible and you hear all these things. So hey, I went to the source, the Bible dictionary, which is a good Bible dictionary that's written and looked up the, you know, the Greek words and all that and stuff. And Abba actually is a word that slaves were forbidden to call the head of the household. They weren't allowed to call the head of the household Abba. Uh, because it's like a really personal name. It's a personal name that, you know, like an infant would say, like an innocence, you know, and, and not really understanding the whole context of what a father is, but saying Abba, Abba. Whereas father, of course, is a sort of intelligent understanding of the relationship that we have. So when you say Abba, Father, you're showing your love and your intelligent confidence in God. Amen. So it's not just that you love him, but you also understand who he is and you trust him. So guys, you're his beautiful daughter. You know, like a, a, a father who's waiting for an adopted child who's waited and waited and waited. You know, and so he he knows the family that she comes from, you know, because they weren't that great. You know, they left her, they weren't that great. Maybe they abused her. Uh, maybe she was even the abuser. She has flaws. Um, you know, they abused her, they didn't love her. He keeps telling her, you know, you're actually worthy of being loved. You're actually going to be a Amen. He keeps asking to have her. He keeps telling her, you're worthy. You're worthy. I want you. I want you. He, um, you know, he says, she's like, oh, I don't think so. You don't know what I did. You know, you don't understand what kind of person I am. But he keeps loving up on her. And then he says, okay. Okay. I will do this then. I will take my only son, my son that's mine, and I will let him die for you. So he died for you so that you have a place in my family. Wow, right? So he keeps doing that. She finally accepts him. She doesn't really understand it. I mean, who can't understand that love? I mean, not really, really understand that amazing love. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. But guess what? You know, he takes her into his arms. Right? He wants to laugh with her. He wants to tell her jokes. He wants her to. He wants to have intimate conversation with her. 
He wants to love up on her. He wants to be loved back. He wants to teach her things. He wants to teach her how to be free. He wants to teach her how to do the things that she needs to do because he loves her and he wants her. And she can actually then say, Abba, Father, I love and trust you. I know you have the best interest in mind. Now, I have to tell you guys, I never had a dad that did that with me. I never did. My dad was an absent father. He would get up in the morning, he would leave, and he would come back like four days later. My mom, my precious, beautiful mom, if you meet my mom, you love her. She's an amazing person. But you know what she used to do? She used to make the bed on his, she used to rumble up the bed on his side. So that when we came in, we thought he was really bad then. And she said, one day I said to her, Mom, Dad didn't really, I was like probably about four, right? Dad didn't really come home last night, did he? She like almost died, my poor mother. (laughs) My poor mother. So I didn't have the father. I mean, my father never took me in his arms and said, I love you, I want to teach you something, you know. Hey, let's laugh together, let's play together, let's do this. Never, never. I mean, he, my parents got divorced when I was 11, you know. Maybe I that 10. He did something stupid and went to jail. And, and then he got out and moved to North Carolina and had another family. And uh, Well, he didn't have any kids, but he had some stepkids. And, you know, I was lucky if I got, like, the car on Christmas or the, you know, birthday. <laughs> so it took me a long time to understand that what kind of God God is. You know, because the God, the father I saw was not that kind of father that took you in your arms and loved up on you and wanted to be with you and wanted to know you. And he didn't want to know me, you know. But I had to work through that. Amen. Michelle so lovingly talked about. And I had to work through that. And interestingly enough, it takes time. It does take time, that's true. But now it's time, ladies. It's really time for us to embrace the royalty that we have. Because not only are we daughters, but we are daughters of the King of Kings, of Almighty God. The person that made the stars that you look up in the sky, that named them one by one, he named you. He gave you new names. Not these names. It's not the name of the things that you've done. It's a new name. It's a new name. And so now we need to act like we're adopted. Right? Embrace the Spirit of God that lives in you. Embrace it. Embrace it. Make a choice. Make a choice. In Isaiah 49, 9, it says, It's time we say to the captives, come out. Amen. It's time to those in darkness, be free. Be free. You know, what are you carrying around right now? And when you come back. Thank you. You know, what are you carrying around right now that weighs you down? Right now in the present. You need to let him redeem your present. We talked about the past, and there's some things that need to be worked through. And I want to tell you, by the way, that there are lots of resources available. If you're having difficulty in your marriage, there's an amazing marriage conference coming up that Berlin and her husband are leading. If you want more information about that, come see one of the two women. We'll have some cards. If you need counseling, if you need counseling, because guess what? Some of these problems are just too heavy. They're too heavy to bear by yourself. Merlin has some business cards she can give you, and if, if, you know, if you need to go to your entrance or something, she's awesome about giving names of people that you can go see. If you are struggling with sexual sin, then there are people that can help you through that. But you know what? Do something. Don't put these things up here, and then when you leave, now you may not 
physically come and pick them back up, but do not come back up here and pick up what you've already laid down at the foot of the cross. Do not do it. It's too heavy. It wasn't meant for you. Do you see how this, I love this. I love this because it looks like wood, doesn't it? The cross is wood, wasn't it? It's a great um, example. You put this here, and you know, these are like huge. These are huge. They're huge. But you put them here. You know what? Leave them in the hands of Jesus. And if you need more help working it out, then get help. Don't walk back down and get back into the crazy life and forget what God has done. It's time, ladies, to come out. There are some of you and some of you I pray with that you're like, you know what? I'm supposed to do this, but I'm, you know, I haven't. Well, okay, you confess it to God. You confess it to me, so let's do it. Right? Let's do it. I want you to stand up. I want you, first of all, what I want you to do is I want you to make a commitment right here before God and everybody around you that whatever you lay down, you're going to leave lay down. Stand up. Stand up if you're ready to do that. If you're not willing to do that, do not stand up. <laughs> do not stand up. We're going to sing this song, and I want to tell you that there's no more excuses. There's no more living on the sidelines. There's no more puny Christians. No more puny Christians, guys. No more. No more excuses. I want you to, well, first of all, if you need prayer for something specifically to come, but what I would like to do, really, yeah, I would like for you to make a stand right now to come down here and say to God, we're going to pray over all of you together as a group. To say to God, I am ready and I'm willing to do what you call me to do. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to live by the Spirit. I'm going to embrace your grace every day, every moment of every day sometimes. I'm going to embrace your love. I'm going to say, God, you are my God. I'm adopted by you. And I'm going to walk forward and do what you call me to do. Time, ladies. There's no more excuses. You've heard it. God spoke to you. Now do it.